Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, everyone, we're back in the book of Exodus. We're starting chapter 2, and um, <clears throat> we're going to see uh, the birth of Moses, and um, it his life kind of moves fast. So, um, one of the things that we can appreciate as we read uh, the account of Moses is how God uses so many improbable events to occur to do His will. We can't keep up with how God uses all of our situations to do His will. And um, it's just one of the things that we need to, to appreciate from this when we see God working current events, um, things right now in the world. We, we can't say that God's will's not even being done right now. We know it is, but it, from a human perspective, it's just impossible to underestimate or to, to appreciate uh, or to, maybe I should say, overestimate what uh, God is doing. We just... His will is being done and being worked out. So let's jump in and uh, just appreciate what Moses' life looked like. um, Verse 1 in chapter 2, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. Now remember, Moses is writing the book of Exodus, so he's writing an account of his own birth and origins here and notice that he doesn't even give the name of his father and mother he just writes a very humble account of his birth i think later we get their names but um mcgee mentioned that but we'll just leave it like moses wrote it right now just a humble man and a humble wife verse two then the woman conceived and bore a son and when she saw that he was a fine child. She hid him three months. So, nothing spectacular about his birth. And um, and when she saw he was a fine child, uh, the Bible, my Bible translation, study Bibles, could say um, 
a healthy son, or, you know, in that translation of the word good, uh, could mean fine, could mean healthy. Uh, but all of this uh, is in keeping with this very humble origin, uh, Moses' account of his own birth here. Verse 3, so when she could hide him no longer, as McGee says, he's probably crying too much, uh, she could hide him no longer. She took him, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. So, as McGee says, it's almost like she makes a little ark for her baby. As God uses the has used the ark before to save his people, he uses a miniature ark to save one child. And uh, again, all of this is going on because Pharaoh has put out an order, a command, that every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile. In other words, throw them into Nile to let them drown. But you shall let every daughter live. So again, the worst set of circumstances and... Um, so she's sort of technically obeying him by putting him in the Nile, but she's putting him in the Nile in this little little ark of a basket um, to save him. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you know, God will God will act, but she doesn't know. You know, she doesn't know that this is going to be somebody that God's going to save. She's just trying to trying to save her baby, but you know, she's probably terrified that that um, you know, one of the soldiers will come by as McGee says and hear the baby crying, and then if he hears the baby crying, they're going to all get killed. So whether this is an act of faith or whether this is uh whether this is just trying to survive, you know, at this point, we, you know, we don't know, but um, she's trying to follow commands, but trying to save her baby at the same time. Verse 4, and his sister, um, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him, all right, so... Moses' sisters following along here. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. Verse 6, when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. So McGee says it's almost like maybe at that time, you know, God pinched Moses and said, okay, now time to cry. And so the baby's cry in the heart of a woman, uh, big connection there, as McGee says. So uh, she has pity on this little crying baby. And uh, verse 7, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, okay, this is Moses' sister who's been kind of following along the whole time. This really is requiring a lot of uh, courage and faith, uh, perhaps, uh, from the sister because she is now 
coming up to presume to speak to Pharaoh's daughter. Or maybe it's the fact that she's so young she doesn't realize her social place, you know. <clears throat> she could possibly be maybe killed for just even speaking to Pharaoh's daughter. But it's a situation where probably everybody's reacting with common sense here. you got a crying baby out here by the river. <clears throat> Pharaoh's daughter's probably amazed and Pharaoh's sisters probably, you know, feels that this is the time. So she speaks up and says, um, <clears throat> Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew uh, women to nurse the child for you? So the little girl says the perfect thing. Uh, she's trying to be helpful. She's trying, she's letting the Pharaoh's daughter call the shots. So she's being respectful. Verse 8, And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Can you believe that? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Can you believe this if you're Moses' mother? Like, I put my baby in the river, had to say goodbye. That was probably so tearful. She's probably feeling like she's she just died when she had to put her child in the river. Who? What's going to happen? And um, then she gets called back and to nurse her own son for Pharaoh's daughter is going to be paid for it. So she's got her son back. This is God working. And uh, God is using... The hearts of people. And these these people aren't trying to please God when they're doing all these things. They're just they're they're out doing what they want to do. But um even though the people are acting in their own interests in in this regard, God's will is being done. So again when we apply this to current events today, it seems like people are still acting on their own, for their own best interests, and even those people are doing God's will. So, um, when the child, this is verse 10, when the child became, grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Moses' name in Hebrew means draw out of water. But <clears throat> the word Moses is uh, like a, a Hebrew, an Egyptian word also, which means son. So Moses' name kind of has a double meaning, drawn out of water for the Hebrews and son for Egyptian. So that's probably why she named him Moses, because she drew him out of the water and she was adopting him as her own son. Verse 11, one day when Moses had grown up. Now we know that according to Acts chapter 7, verse 23, Stephen gives us Moses' age as 40. So 
<clears throat> this when he's 40 years old, Moses had grown up. He went out to his people and looked on their burdens. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. So Moses at this time knows he's Egyptian. His mother must have told him, you know, he was a Hebrew. He was, you know, uh, <clears throat> raised uh, in the court of Pharaoh as an Egyptian, but he knew his mother was Hebrew. And there's a lot of questions uh, that we just don't know about this situation where Pharaoh's daughter kind of adopts this Hebrew baby. You know, did Pharaoh know of Moses' origin? You know, was he a Hebrew? You know, and then why did the Pharaoh allow one of his daughters to adopt a child at all when he just put out a, a command to kill all these babies? Okay, and then did the daughter get married? You know, or is she just raising the... The son, you know, as a single mother. I mean, I, we don't know all these answers to these questions. Uh, the Moses doesn't uh, give us this information. Just the facts here. Just a few facts. So he sees this Egyptian beating the Hebrew. Verse 12, he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So he kind of buries this guy he kills. So Moses is a murderer. Isn't it interesting that all these people that God uses have their flaws? Verse 13, when he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. So they're fighting. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion?" Verse 14, this is the man now. He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So this guy is calling Moses out. Then Moses was afraid. And he thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So Moses thought he could get away with something, but he couldn't. Sometimes we think we can get away from stuff, but but we can't. You know, we think we're doing what we want to do, but God's will is being accomplished. And then when we think we need to hide what we need to hide, we find out that you can't hide stuff. You can't murder somebody and hide them in the sand. People find out. And God is showing us that He is sovereign over all of this. <clears throat> just like Adam and Eve. Just like uh, they they committed a sin and tried to hide from God. Just like uh, Cain and Abel when Cain murdered Abel. He said the same thing, you know. I'm not my brother's keeper. You know, it's not my fault. So Moses fears, okay. So Moses has got his own flaws too. It's not like he's going to trust God to save him. He's not Mr. Bold, you know, let, let Pharaoh do whatever he wants to. No, he runs. He gets scared too. 
He runs and gets scared. It doesn't say, did he say goodbye to his mother? Does he say goodbye to his Pharaoh mother? Does he say, you know, does he go to his Pharaoh mother and ask, you know, can you help me with, with daddy here? You know, he doesn't get into all that. He just leaves. He doesn't say goodbye to his sister. So he goes and he sits down by a well. It's interesting that this is the way um, Isaac gets a wife through Abraham's servant. And then Jacob kind of gets a wife because they're interacting with women by the well. It's interesting that Jesus interacts with a woman by a well, too. Um, so uh, here we go. He sits down by a well. Verse 16, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. <clears throat> the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and saved them and watched their flock. Verse 18, when they came home to their father, Ruel, this is, he's the same thing as the chief, of, chief, chief priest of Midian, the priest of Midian. <clears throat> His name is identified here as Ruel. He said, how is it that you've come home so early today, so soon today? Okay, because he's probably saying you, you guys are pretty efficient today. Verse 19, they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. So they knew he was Egyptian. Verse 20, he said to his daughters, Where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for... He said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The word Gershom sounds like the Hebrew word for sojourner or, you know, traveler in a foreign land, Gershom. So they identify him as a Hebrew, I mean, as an Egyptian, but they also, uh, these are, Hebrew people, and so they identify him probably enough to, to marry him as Hebrew. He probably tells him the whole thing, and he's probably honest. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, give us an account of him opening up about murdering somebody. I don't know if he tells him he's a murderer. I don't know if he, he probably tells him that he was raised as an Egyptian, you know, what's an Egyptian prince doing out here? Um, McGee makes the reference that Pharaoh didn't have any other children, so he will, you know, because he was an adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, you know, McGee made the point that, you know, he was in line to be the next Pharaoh. It's almost like, what Joseph was, you know, how Joseph rose to prominence, you know, from being a slave then to the second in command of Egypt. So now we got a new Pharaoh, and now Moses is in line to be Pharaoh. But um, 
he murders somebody and he runs. I don't, and McGee says, you know, I don't think it was God's will for Moses to murder somebody. And so Moses, rather than trusting God like all the other Hebrews, he's out ahead of God's program. So God's going to have to, you know, get Moses ready to do his will. So we're going to see Moses out in the wilderness here, a sojourner in a foreign land. He's going to get Moses ready to do his his um, work, his sovereignty. So we're going to stop here and continue on Monday this study through this book of Exodus. So far, this is a fascinating uh, study, and I'm really enjoying it. So I hope you are too. Now... Uh, as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your insight from this study today. We'll see you next time.